It's been 20 years. Iconic guests. My guest is Danica Patrick. I mean, you've been doing this for 17 years. You might be the OG of podcasts. We all know this gentleman. Let's give David Stern a big round of applause. In 2004, we launched Sports Business Radio, and David was kind enough to be my first guest. He was just joking uh, in the green room that he launched my career. So. He hasn't let me go since. It's really impossible. <laughs> my guest is Emmett Smith. I think being authentic, being who you are, and being unapologetic about it, and being open to receive knowledge in, in areas that you may be unaware of, that's okay, too. My guest is NBA Commissioner Adam Silver. International growth is something that I'm always thinking a lot about, and both for the NBA and for the game. And it's it's a recognition that nothing is preordained. My guest is Bob Costas. You know, Brian, as you said, I've been so lucky and did so many things that I could never even have dreamed of doing. All I really want to do now is return to the things that are most truthful to me as a person and a professional. The biggest names in sports. My guest is Maria Sharapova. I wanted to be in those rooms and I wanted to be in those meetings because there was something inside of me that said that although tennis was a big part of my life, it wasn't going to be my life in capital letters. And I had to become savvy and smart. A big part of sport is business. Our guest this week, Sue Bird. <laughs> Who told you I'm a bowler? That's hilarious. I read that you're like a good bowler and you break 200 when you bowl. Is that not true? Is that false uh, media report? No, no, no. That's that's all fact. Welcome to year 20 of Sports Business Radio. Now, here's your host, Brian Berger. Well, thanks for joining us on this edition of Sports Business Radio. This is an episode that I look forward to every year. Hopefully you do as well. Peter O'Reilly. Executive Vice President, Club Business and League Events for the NFL. He's responsible for overseeing the planning and logistics for the Super Bowl, the Apple Music Halftime Show, the NFL Draft, the Pro Bowl, and the NFL International Games. What a huge job he has, and he joins us every year to lend his one-of-a-kind perspective when it comes to planning this massive undertaking. That's what's coming up on our show today. We'll do some... uh, Nuggets about Super Bowl 58 before we get to that interview, though, and I bring in executive producer Brian Griggs. Griggs, how are you? I'm great. And uh, yeah, Peter, is always fun to just dig in. I don't even know where I'd start with that job. I mean, he has so much on his shoulders, but yet he handles, handles it like a pro and just seems like, oh, you know, it's all good. I get it handled. And sure enough, every year it just turns out great. So he's a fun interview and just uh, lots of knowledge about the Super Bowl for sure. All right, let's give you some facts and figures about this Super Bowl. So it's this Sunday, February 11th. It's in Las Vegas. Kickoff is at 6.30 p.m. Eastern time. It's the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and Andy Reid going for their third ring together versus the San Francisco 49ers who haven't won the Super Bowl in 29 years. The game is going to be broadcast on CBS with Jim Nance and Tony Romo on the call. Griggs, the winning players, so the winning team players, $164,000 bonus to the winning player. So, you know, to some people that's chump change, but you look at Brock Purdy, who's making under a million dollars for the year. That's a nice bonus for him, $164,000. Yeah, I'd take that. I mean, that's, I do love how they give those bonuses for the the teams that make it, the teams that win. You know, you get kind of a incentive for playing those big games too. So I'm all in, but you're right. I mean, some of those players, especially football, because you got a lot of players that don't, they're not the big show players that don't make the big bucks. So uh, that's a big incentive for sure. How about this? This was a good, uh, a good find in my research. So the average ticket price on the secondary market for this Super Bowl, remember we told you last week when David Schwab was on, it was $10,700. It's now dropped down to $7,000. But Griggs, if you want a suite with 20 tickets included, parking, all the fixings, guess how much that's going to cost you? It's got to be a million, I would guess, somewhere around there. $950,000. For this season, Brock Purdy is making (laughs) $870,000. So a suite to the Super Bowl is more expensive than what the 49ers are paying Brock Purdy for this season. Pretty remarkable, huh? That's incredible. You know, and I saw a little uh, tweet on that that somebody was showing the food you get. I mean, it's like Gordon Ramsay times seven. It's gourmet stuff you're getting in well, that suite. Well, that'd be for that price. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, 
I'd be expecting like the best steak and lobster in existence for that price. Right, right, right. And it's like, it's so funny too, because you get those sweets and they talk about them and like, are we there for the game or are we there to hang out in the suite with all the famous people and eat good food? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's probably, you know, again, CBS gets some tickets. You know, those are the high rollers. Um, you saw Christian McCaffrey's uh, mom and girlfriend came out this week saying, we want to be in a suite at the Super Bowl, but we can't afford it. <laughs> well, Okay. I mean, that's what happens when you come to the Super Bowl. Like, all the celebrities, all the stars are there. And again, this is the first time that this game is in Las Vegas. All right, let's look at some other numbers. We told you on last week's show with David Schwab, which is a really good listen. If you get a chance to go back and listen to that, we talk about TV ads, the price of celebrities, the price of production. But 115.1 million was the record-setting viewing audience from last year, Eagles Chiefs. That's what... This Super Bowl is up against. That's what they're trying to be. Both David and I think it's going to go over. Um, in some casinos or online sports books, you can actually bet that if it's going to go over or under. The ads, $7 million just for the airtime for a 30-second ad on CBS. So some of the ads, and some of these are leaking out. I've been putting these out on X at SB Radio as they leak out. So Messi and Jason Sudeikis, uh, who plays Ted Lasso in a Michelob Ultra commercial. That was a good ad. I liked it. Uh, Budweiser is bringing back the Clydesdales. Coors Light is bringing back the Silver Bullet Train. Bet MGM has a commercial with Tom Brady, Vince Vaughn, and Wayne Gretzky. Um, you've got Doritos and Janet Ortega. One of my favorites so far, though, Griggs, is Uber Eats. It just got leaked today as we record this, and it features Ross and Rachel from Friends, <laughs> Jennifer Aniston, and David Schwimmer. And it's you, I'm not going to ruin it for you. Either go to SB Radio on X and, and preview the commercial on your own or look it up on your own. But I think it's it's uh, a clever spot. You know, that's been my problem in the past is these just aren't memorable spots. You don't remember the product. It doesn't make me feel a certain way except for, you know, a handful of them. But the spots I'm seeing this year are a little bit better than, uh, you know, what I saw last year, Craig. Well, it boils down to the writing. I mean, the writing of these commercials, like you said, that's where it, that's where the, the bread and butter is, you know? I mean, if it's not written well, and it's not memorable, and it's not something you're going to talk about the next day, what's the point of wasting 10 million plus? But uh, yeah, you made some good points. I mean, basically every commercial now is celebrity driven. There's going to be somebody in there that everybody knows, or at least has seen before. So you got to think the cost just, you know, keeps going up. But do they pay the Clydesdales? That's my question. How much does each each Clydesdale make on this gig? You know, I don't know. I think they get a hundred carrots each, <laughs> yeah. and some oats. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I mean, you know, as uh, David Schwab pointed out last week, you can have babies and puppies and horses in commercials, and it's going to cost you five hundred bucks. Mm -hmm. Or you can have Jennifer Aniston and David Schwimmer and Lionel Messi and Jason Sudeikis in your commercials, Tom Brady. And it's going to cost you a lot more than 500 bucks. So, um, you know, it'll be interesting to recap this next week. And, you know, that's always fun for us to review the ads, rank our top three to five ads, uh, talk about, you know, some of the prop bets and if they hit, which we're going to get to in a minute. But, you know, as usual, there's going to be candy companies like Reese's, Nerds, and M&M's. Uh, they're targeting you and Brad Kinzer, by the way, with <laughs> <Yes>. those ads. <laughs> That's true. Uh, and I will go buy companies. them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're, you guys are the suckers that will go <laughs> immediately during halftime to buy Reese's, Nerds, and M&M's. Um, there's you know Doritos, Pringles, Oreos, Popeye's Chicken, uh, DoorDash. Then you've got Booking.com, Open Door, BMW, Kia, Volkswagen, TurboTax, Squarespace, and then Dove and Nike are supposedly combining on an ad. I'm sure there's going to be some others too, E-Trade. Um, so, you know, I'm sure we'll see some movie commercials in there. Um, there's always an interesting mixture. But remember, you know, if you've got to have $7 million just to get the airtime on CBS for 30 seconds, not everyone can swim in this pool. So, um, you know, these are the big, big, big companies. Now, the other thing that's interesting, and we kind of mentioned this last week, there's three or four companies that are exclusively targeting women, makeup companies um, and such. And you wonder, hey, is that the Taylor Swift effect? You know, she's brought millions of women to pay attention to the NFL this year. You know, David was saying you probably have five million at least Swifties that are going to be tuning into the Super Bowl. 
it's interesting to see the ad lineup change a little bit based on the fact that Taylor Swift is bringing women viewers to watch this game. Yeah, that's what's made this whole season so interesting. As soon as uh, Travis Kelsey and her, you know, started dating, it did kind of start to change that that narrative, you know, with the drawing more women viewers in. So, and it's a real thing. I mean, we've seen some of these numbers, you know, we talked about last week, you know, 350 million impressions and all this stuff every time you show Taylor on screen and how many people engage when they see Taylor. So it's a real deal. And obviously advertisers aren't dumb. They pick up on this stuff and they know, hey, we got a lot more women watching this game. Let's put some makeup. Let's put some different things that are going to draw the ladies in for sure. Yeah. All right, Griggs, I asked you this last year and you stumbled over it. I know you probably haven't had a chance to study, but the top three Super Bowl foods. So when people are having their parties, what are the top three Super Bowl foods? You ended up getting it right last year. It's remained the same. Give me the top three Super Bowl foods. Well, I think pizza's on there. Yes. Uh, yeah, okay, good. I'm one for one. Uh, let's go with uh, wings. Yes. Ding, ding. And then, I don't know, nachos or dips? Yes, chips and dips. There yes. you go. Griggs, well done. You <laughs> paid good attention last year. You pass with flying colors, and our audience is smarter because of it. Good I want to thank uh, my mom and dad. I want to thank uh, God above and all for this award, and uh, I'll move forward with great confidence for next year. Yes. So, uh, you know, we'll see what kind of foods last year. I had some really good pizza. I was in Florida. And went to this uh, Italian restaurant and got a pizza that I just had to throw in the oven. It was really good. Not sure what we're going to do uh, this year. But uh, yeah, it'll be, it's always good food and drink around Super Bowl. And the thing is, you know, the pregame starts like eight hours before. So <laughs> if you want to sit in front of the TV and uh, pregame it up, you can do that too. So you can have the pregame snacks. You can have the in-game snacks. You can have the postgame snacks and drinks. Lots of food and drinks sold on this Sunday. All right, sports gambling. This is always a huge part of the Super Bowl. This is the first time ever, as we said, that the Super Bowl is taking place in Las Vegas. Um, The handle there is supposed to be an all-time high. The NFL, as we heard from NFL Commissioner Goodell at his press conference this week, has taken great precautions in making sure the players are staying 25 miles away, They don't want anyone involved with the game gambling on the game. They don't want to ruin the integrity of the game, influence the outcome, anything at all. So it's been interesting to see, like, how do you handle the Super Bowl in Las Vegas where it had been taboo to even uh, have a player make an appearance, you know, 10 years ago. So now things have come full circle. All right. A record $1.3 billion overall is expected to be wagered on this Super Bowl. The 49ers, as we record this, are favored by two. The over-under is 47 and a half. 80% of the bets that are coming in so far are on the Chiefs. So everyone believes in Patrick Mahomes. They believe he's going to, you know, win his third. They love the fact that he's getting points. But this is what I always say. When something seems too good to be true, it usually is. And Vegas does not often lose. So is this like a trap here? Like, I don't know. It feels, I I have said, I would take the Chiefs. I would gladly take the two points. But there's a little something unnerving about 80% of the money. Because like, if the Chiefs win, Vegas is going to get killed on this deal. The FanDuel's, DraftKings, everyone is going to lose a lot of money. Because everyone's, you know, prop betting it up with Mahomes and Kelsey taking the Chiefs. And, you know, if it doesn't go that way now, boy, uh, it's going to be interesting. But let me give you some stats that might influence your your wagers this weekend. So the underdog is 3-0 and against the spread in the last three Super Bowls while covering in 15 of the last 22. So that's the Chiefs. Andy Reid is 3-1 and one against the spread in the Super Bowl, including 2-0 and oh against the spread as an underdog. Flip side, the 49ers are 6-0 and oh straight up as favorites in the postseason under Kyle Shanahan, but all six games were at home. The 49ers are 5-0 and oh straight up and against the spread in their last five games away from home. Some additional trends here. These are Patrick Mahomes trends. These are really 
amazing. Patrick Mahomes is 10-1-1 against the spread in his career as an underdog, including the playoffs. He's got nine outright wins. He has the best cover rate, 91% as an underdog by any starting quarterback since the 1970 merger. That's ludicrous. Patrick Mahomes is 9-3 straight up in his career as an underdog, including the playoffs. His 75% win rate in those games is the best by any quarterback since the 1970 AFL-NFL merger. Mahomes is 3-0 straight up in his career as an underdog in the playoffs. Uh, For context, Hall of Famers Dan Marino, Brett Favre, Steve Young, and Jim Kelly went a combined 3-25 in the playoffs as underdogs. Again, Mahomes, 3-0. Mahomes is 3-0 straight up and against the spread in his career versus the 49ers. The 49ers are 26-5 overall with Christian McCaffrey starting since the trade. He scored 38 touchdowns since joining the team, including seven in five postseason games. Griggs, what do you think of this stat? It's incredible. I, I think you see why 80% of the bets are going with Patrick because those stats are, they don't lie. I mean, he wins yeah. in these games and whether he's an underdog or not, he still knows how to go in and win. And you got Andy Reid who knows how to win in big games. So, I mean, Vegas doesn't lose very often and two points isn't much. So it could change even a little bit this week still. But uh, I don't know. I, I, it's hard not to bet against, you know, Andy Reid and, and the Chiefs for sure. I just don't understand how San Francisco is the favorite. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just read you all the stats. And I know San Francisco is a great team, top to bottom. I don't understand how Patrick Mahomes is the underdog in the Super Bowl when he's won twice. Yeah. So it's almost like inviting the betting public to bet with the Chiefs, which they're doing. And then you're like, okay, is something weird going to happen? Is this going to be Patrick Mahomes' first poor appearance in the playoffs? You know, where he's just terrible in the Super Bowl. I just don't see it. I don't see it. And even if he has a... Tom Brady type of first half like he had against Atlanta when he was down 28-3. Like, aren't you going to bet the second half line on the Chiefs and and hedge your bet and go, uh, I think Patrick Mahomes is going to come back in this game. He's not going to just lie down and, and be down. But I would expect in this game, we'll talk some football strategy here for a minute. I think their game plan is going to be very similar to what it was against Baltimore, who many people thought was the best team in the NFL all year long, top to bottom. They came down, they had sustained drives the first two or three drives, they scored, and they put Lamar Jackson down. When Lamar's trailing in a game, he's a different quarterback. I think Brock Purdy is the same way. You have seen Purdy respond nicely in the last two playoff games where he's come back in the second half against the Packers and the Lions. He hadn't shown that before. But you don't want to be down too much to Patrick Mahomes because Patrick Mahomes is a great front runner. So I would imagine that the Chiefs are going to throw the kitchen sink at the 49ers in the first half. And then like they did in that Baltimore game, if they're able to just coast, remember the Kansas City defense, this impacts the over-under, has not given up more than 28 points in a game this year. Pretty amazing. So everyone talks about their offense, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey. Their defense is really good. So Spags has them playing at the highest level. You know, he blitzed the you-know-what out of Lamar. Are they going to blitz heavy on Brock Purdy and say, hey, we're going to lose to Brock Purdy if we lose. We're not going to let McCaffrey, Debo, you know, these other guys uh, get the ball and have long runs. So we'll see what happens. Uh, You know, they played four years ago. Some of the same personnel are still in place. Um, We'll see what happens. And then, you know, I have to look at the coaching matchup here. And I give Andy Reid a heavy favorite over Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan, until he shows me he can win one of these big games, he's a great regular season coach. I just haven't seen him do it in the biggest game, on the biggest stage, and Andy Reid has. So, um, all right, Greg, a few other prop bets. This is where people like just, they throw money at these. They hope to win on one of them and, you know, get good odds in the process. I know you and I have always talked about these. All right, the coin toss. (laughs) has been tails in seven of the last 10 Super Bowls. So do you go heads or tails? Well, I mean, I'd go heads, but I don't know anything about betting, so I'd probably still lose, but I'd still, I'd go heads. I'm going tails. So we'll just have next week. Remember that. Mark that down. I've got tails. I'm riding the momentum. You're bucking the trend. You're like, hey, heads is due. All right. The color of the first Gatorade poured 
on the winning coach. Here are the odds. The favorite is red and pink. Next is purple, which was last year. The Chiefs used purple. Next is yellow and lime green, which I guessed last year because the Eagles were in the Super Bowl. Blue, orange, and then water, clear. So uh, the money is on red and pink. Griggs, make your choice. Yeah, What's the game red color going to be? I agree with that. I mean, you got both teams are, are heavy red, obviously. So yeah. I can see that. I would actually go red and then maybe the yellow second because you've got gold for the Niners and yellow for the Chiefs. So I'd go red and gold. Those are my two. All right. So you think purple had its day in the sun last year. Purple's out. Purple's done. Yeah, I think you make a good point about red pink. I'm, I, I would go red pink as well. You wonder too, like I, if you read these, you're like, can't the... Uh, equipment managers for these two teams just see what the odds are like we are and go we're going to do this and we're going to bet our house on it and hope that we win the game or you just get the equipment managers together and go look we both have red in our uniforms we're both going red pink we're betting the house like there seems like there's ways to influence this yeah it seems easy enough um Okay, so wait. Yeah, the Chiefs had purple last year. The Eagles had orange. Um, so, all right, this is another one. And this is this is so subjective here. But, uh, you know, I guess someone gets the stopwatch out. The length of the national anthem by Reba McIntyre. The over-under is set at 90.5 seconds. If you go over 90.5, it's basically an even money bet at plus 102. If you go under 90.5, it's minus 128. If any word is omitted from the anthem, if she screws it up, yes is plus 900. No is minus 33.33. So if she sings a perfect national anthem, couldn't you just go to Reba and go, can you leave a the out <laughs> of the anthem? And, uh, you know, I've got a lot riding on this. Um, any scoring drive shorter than Anthem? Yes. Minus 300? No. Plus 200. So, you know, can one of these teams score in 90.5 seconds or less? Probably. I mean, these are two explosive offenses. All right. The halftime show, the Apple Music halftime show with Usher. The number of songs played over 8.5 is minus 125. Under is minus 125. Will Usher debut a new song? Yes. Minus 120? No. Plus 100. Songs with collaborators. You know, a lot of people, oh, Taylor Swift is there. She's going to get out there. I I don't see it. But, you know, does someone else come out there? Uh, Over two and a half collaborators is minus 200. Under two and a half is plus 150. And a collaborator, Griggs, has to be someone with a mic in their hand. It can't be someone jamming away on the bass or the guitar or playing the drums. It's got to be someone with a mic in their hand. So um, we'll see how that turns out. How many times will Taylor Swift be shown during the CBS broadcast? You knew this was going to be one of the, the prop bets. Over four and a half times is minus 175 odds. That's the favorite. Under four and a half times is plus... 135. I actually think out of all the bets that I've seen for the Super Bowl, this is the bet I would make. It's going to be over four and a half, especially if the Chiefs win and she's down on the field and she's with his family like she was in Baltimore. Like, that's the easiest prop bet ever. Over four and a half. Again, couldn't you go to an executive at CBS and go, look, I just bought a hundred grand on the over. No one's going to notice. Like, she's just coming from the Grammys. She won album of the year. She rushed to get back here from Tokyo. You know, whether the Chiefs are up and she's cheering or they're down and she looks concerned, like, you can show her four and a half times. That's not hard. And if you're the NFL and CBS, like, secretly, you want to be showing Tay Tay. Like, Tay Tay has a new album coming out, by the way, which I'm really excited about. First song drops April 19th. Not that she needs me to promote that, but. There's reason here to believe that she's going to be shown more than four and a half times during the telecast. Wouldn't you take the over on that? A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of shocked. I mean, maybe they'll even have a drone following her plane as it's landing, you know, coming into the Super Bowl. I mean, she's that big a deal. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. This is going to be like a presidential arrival when she 
crouches <laughs> down in Las Vegas. By the way, they, there's so much private jet traffic in Las Vegas that they had to build uh, an additional uh, private jet area at Henderson, Nevada Airport, which is, you know, 15, 20 minutes away. And you, know, you just wonder, like, they've already got the, the Taylor Swift is parking here with her jet spot lined up, right? Like, this is Taylor Swift. So that's all lined up. All right, here's the other spot. And, and this I would also bet no against, but it's interesting how they worded it. Will any player, not will Travis Kelsey, will any player propose to his girlfriend on the field after the game? No. Minus 290. Yes. Plus 210. So I'm not buying that Travis Kelsey is going to take a knee and that he's going to propose to Taylor Swift on the field after the Super Bowl. No way. They're too private. I think she would be horrified. Um, there's no way that's happening. But would another player, this happened two years ago. I was actually at this game at SoFi Stadium, the Rams and the Bengals. One of the Rams players proposed on the field after the game to his girlfriend. So it's unheard of. And it just happened a couple years ago. I mean, is this Christian McCaffrey? Is this one of the other players? I would probably go no on this, but uh, it is interesting how it's, will any player propose? Like in years past, I don't think anyone really cared about this. They're like, ah, I'm not betting on that prop bet. But because of Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift, people are paying attention to this prop bet this year. Yeah, it's got a little bit of noise, but I agree with you. I don't think uh, the Tay-Tays are going to be happy about that one. So it's not going to happen, but it could, I mean, you never know. It could be a bench player at Christian McCaffrey is a good uh, name to drop in there. But yeah, I, I'm going to go no on that one too. All right. The upcoming Super Bowls, we discussed this last week and we'll discuss it with Peter here in a moment. Super Bowl 59 next year in New Orleans. Super Bowl 60, two years from now, Santa Clara. Super Bowl 61 back in Los Angeles at SoFi. So we've got New Orleans, then we've got two West Coast Super Bowls in two of the newer venues. From everyone I've talked to, um, I think Las Vegas, unless something really bad happens this week, which I don't foresee, they're in the rotation now. You know, the only thing that has been a little bit of a hiccup from what I've read is that they've got the Niners practicing at UNLV. So maybe in the future, both teams practice at Allegiant or, you know, there's a nicer space than UNLV, no offense, UNLV, for the Niners. And, but, you know, all reviews have been extremely positive. There were almost 23,000 fans at opening night to watch Media Day. I mean, that's, it used to be like you just did this and, and there was no fans there and it was just media. And now the fact that they've included the fans, which we'll talk about with Peter here in a minute, has really been a game changer for the NFL. It's another way for the league to engage fans, for the fans to get up close with these players who really this is the only time of the week where most of them, other than the starting quarterbacks and some of the star players and the coaches, are doing interviews on this opening night on Monday. Uh, Griggs, it's time. I, I already gave my pick. Who's your pick? And pick it with the spread. Minus two, and the over-under is uh, 47 and a half. All right, so uh, I'm going to go with the Patrick Mahomes winning the Super Bowl. I think they're going to hold the Niners under that 28 that you told Earlier, that stat about having the defense having given up twenty eight points. So, I think the, I think they're going to go. It's going to be twenty seven to twenty one final. Twenty seven to twenty one. So that's over, isn't it? Is yeah. my math? Yeah. Okay. Um, gosh, I, I'm definitely taking the Chiefs. I'm taking the points. I'm not betting against Patrick Mahomes. We've said this before. Bet against Patrick Mahomes at your own peril in the playoffs. I just gave you the numbers. Tom Brady, same thing. Like, if you're going to bet against Tom Brady in the playoffs, you better have a stiff drink before the game because uh, the GOAT usually covered and and won. I mean, he won seven rings. So um, I'm definitely taking the Chiefs. Gosh, the over-under, like 27-24, what is that? My math is terrible. Is That's that 51? 44, 44 plus seven, so yeah, 51. I'm going to go 27-24, Chiefs. So I think they win outright. Um, I think it's over, but it's still pretty low scoring. Like, I don't see this being a 48-45 game. I'd be pretty surprised if it's just 
up and down the field. I'd be surprised if it's even like last year's Super Bowl with the Chiefs and the Eagles where they really moved the ball up and down the field most of the game. The Eagles didn't so much in the second half, but, you know, I think it hit the over last year. Um, I love Patrick Mahomes over one and a half touchdowns throwing. I love Christian McCaffrey with an anytime touchdown, as I told you. Uh, he's been a scoring machine, 38 touchdowns since he joined the Niners. Um, those are some of the prop bets that I like. And then, you know, the one that I like the most of all is probably the one that's the, it's either the soccer bet or, you know, it's so subjective is the over four and a half times they show Taylor Swift during the CBS broadcast. I mean, I, I think it's going to hit on the over. I think the NFL, even though they're, you know, they really have kind of downplayed, like we're so thrilled that Taylor loves the NFL like she does. I think they're really excited about the fans that she's brought, the fact that she's attending games, the buzz that's been created. I mean, what league wouldn't be? And even the NFL that is king of all leagues, um, you know, I think it's created a nice buzz for them and certainly had an impact. And I'll ask Peter about that here coming up in our conversation. All right. A few other notes. Next week's edition of Sports Business Radio. So the last two weeks has been all Super Bowl. Next week, I've got a conversation with two-time U.S. figure skating champion and Olympic medalist Gracie Gold. She's got a new book out. Check out this title. Out of Shape, Worthless Loser. It is an incredible memoir dealing Gracie's life, uh, including her struggle with competing in a sport where perfection is expected, having to look a certain way on the ice. She has struggled with addiction. She's dealt with a dysfunctional family. But you're going to love her comeback story and what she's doing now and how she's used her experiences, good and bad, to help others now. I just love comeback stories. I love uplifting stories. I, you know, we had Gracie Gold on before when the HBO documentary, The Weight of Gold, came out, talked about mental health with Olympic athletes and how oftentimes they're thrown back into the system, especially if you don't meddle, you're like an outcast. And her memoir is so detailed. Like a lot of times people write books and it's like, I had a great career and I have a great family and everything was puppy dogs and rainbows. This is a raw look at what it takes to be an Olympian, the blood, sweat, and tears to get there, the personal sacrifice that it took. I mean, you don't have friends, you're not in school, you're homeschooled, you know, you're missing out on many of the milestones that others have when they're growing up because you're so dedicated to your sport. And then if you don't win gold in those four minutes, they don't really care about you anymore and you get lost in the system or you're just an outcast. So I highly recommend her book. Out of Shape, Worthless Loser, which actually comes out today. Um, and then you're going to want to hear this conversation. Like, she is real. And um, I'm looking forward to our second conversation. Like I said, we talked before. So when I saw she had a book coming out, I'm like, I really want to have her on again. She's a thoughtful athlete. She doesn't pull any punches. She's raw. And she's pretty wise, I'll tell you what. For 28 years old, I think that's how old she is, 28, 29. Like, wise beyond her years. So uh, Gracie Gold on our show next week. Lastly, Griggs, we have a new sponsor, and I'm really excited to welcome Matt Singh as a sponsor to Sports Business Radio. Matt Singh is the exclusive antenna partner of Sports Business Radio. They're the leader in multi-beam lens antennas. When you go to a venue now, like you better get good Wi-Fi. We've got Boingo, who's our official connectivity partner, which we love. Well, guess what? Matzing provides the antennas in the venues and they provide the antennas to some of the biggest venues in the world, including Allegiant Stadium. That's going to be host of the Super Bowl this week. Uh, they are at AT&T Stadium, home of the Dallas Cowboys, Amalia Arena, home of the Tampa Bay Lightning. So I'm um, really excited to have Matzing on board. As a partner, if you want to learn more about them, go to mattsing.com. That's M-A-T-S-I-N-G.com. But Griggs, always fun to have a new partner, and I love tech, and this made a lot of sense for us and for them. 
For sure. Yeah. I think it's a, it's an awesome world that's growing. I love, like you said, digging into tech and, and learning about how all this stuff is provided for, for arenas. I mean, you know how hard it is to get Wi-Fi in your own house sometimes. Think about, you know, AT&T Stadium. So I think it's a crazy world that's growing and changing more and more with 5G and 6G coming, I've heard. So yeah, fun stuff. Glad to have them on board. All right. Coming up next, a one-of-a-kind conversation with someone who plans one of the most massive undertakings every year, the Super Bowl, the Apple Halftime show uh peter o'reilly executive vice president club business and league events that's coming up next you're listening to sports business radio we'll be right back hey everyone brian Berger here i love innovation and i love tech that's why i'm so excited to tell you about what matt Singh is doing you may have a solid wireless network at your venue but do you have the highest performing antennas in the world to power your network Matsing is the leader in multi-beam lens antennas. Venues such as AT&T Stadium, home of the Dallas Cowboys, Allegiant Stadium, which is home of the Las Vegas Raiders and Super Bowl 58, and Amelie Arena, which is home of the Tampa Bay Lightning, all have Matsing's innovative lens antennas. As a matter of fact, Matsing's antennas are deployed at over 100 venues globally, including 50% of NFL venues, 35% of NBA and NHL venues, several Formula One racetracks, and even at the upcoming 2024 Paris Olympics. Do you want to deliver a fully connected venue experience to your fans? Then Matsing is the key to delivering a best-in-class mobile experience for fans who want to post pictures, watch videos, order food, or place real-time wagers. For more information on how Matsing can help your venue, visit matsing.com that's m-a-t-s-i-n-g.com or email tracy salazar at t-r-a-c-y s-a-l-a-z-a-r at matsing.com that's tracy salazar at matsing.com matsing is the exclusive antenna partner of sports business radio now back to sports business radio with brian berger my guest is Peter O'Reilly, NFL Executive Vice President of Club Business and League Events. This is always one of my favorite interviews of the year, a unique insight that you won't find anywhere else. Peter, thanks for joining me on Sports Business Radio. How are you? I'm doing well, Brian. Thanks for having me again. Great to see you. All right. So this is the first time that the Super Bowl is taking place in Las Vegas. What's going to be unique about the Super Bowl in Las Vegas? Um, a lot of things. Obviously, you know, any first first time you're you're bringing a big event like the Super Bowl anywhere is uh is unique um but obviously Vegas is an incredible uh market in terms of it is it's an entertainment capital it's become and is you know a sports and entertainment capital um it's a market where on a on any given year on Super Bowl Sunday is a is a mecca it's a place where where fans are going so to actually have the Super Bowl in Las Vegas makes it that much more unique. So um, we track things like this. Buzz is up 40% uh, over the four-year average. So there's just, when you combine the quality of the games uh, that have led into the Super Bowl with a culminating event uh, in Vegas, it's a pretty special combination. The other thing is there's so much room in Las Vegas. I mean, world-class resorts, meeting spaces, places for parties, pools. Like, it just seems like it's set up so well to host something like this. It's true. It's true. Obviously, that's that's at the core of what Vegas does. Big, big events, big conferences, um, you know, more and more big sporting events. So to have uh, the hotel properties, the space, the opportunity to do it. Um, but ultimately, the reason that we're there um, is because of what Mark Davis and Las Vegas Raiders did in their partnership to bring the Raiders to, to Las Vegas. So um, we also have a beautiful stage in Allegiant Stadium and just a, a glistening uh, stadium as our stage. So which is, as you know, not not far from the strip, just over the, the Hacienda Bridge there. So um, a unique dynamic for sure. And a, a city that's built for these type of, of large scale events. Yeah, let's talk about Allegiant Stadium for a minute. It's one of the newer venues, state-of-the-art. Um, I love the process of the grass on the tray. And you're growing the grass, and you're going to slide it in for the Super Bowl. Explain to our listeners how that works. Yeah, there are a 
couple of stadiums actually now we're, we're two Super Bowls in a row where we've got the the tray system but Allegiant Stadium is a a really unique um design that has um in one end outside the stadium is where the the tray uh the field tray sits where the natural grass field is out there with the Nevada sun and uh the proper care to make it um just the the highest quality field we can have and then coming into to game week um there is a tray system that 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 brings it in to the stadium um and converts it into a you know indoor natural grass uh building so we've got uh you know as we uh as we sit here um that uh that natural grass field is out in that field tray getting well taken care of a really smart system that has worked well for the Raiders and will work well for Super Bowl. And this grass has been growing for months, right? Oh yeah, I mean this comes from, you know, Nick Pappas who is our expert field uh field manager it comes from a a sod farm in California. It's been being tended to and then uh and then probably about a, a month ago brought to Las Vegas and and in the field tray and all of the the maintenance that'll go all the way up until the day before the game is taking place. Are there any other parts of Allegiant Stadium that stand out to you as just being outstanding? If fans are attending the game, they should pay attention to these features at the stadium. Yeah, they they um they did it right. The the Raiders did it right in terms of the 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 premium spaces in there, the overall um kind of all of the fan spaces and amenities. There are some incredible club spaces. Um you know, and and some field level clubs that are really uh, beautifully done. What I'm what I'm most proud of in its Super Bowl formation is really how um, we've created a, a Super Bowl campus around Allegiant there, and it's fairly tight because you're just off right. the strip there. But I think fans who are there on game day will feel um, this Super Bowl campus once you get inside the perimeter. Everything surrounding it, kind of powerfully coming to life with a real Las Vegas feel to it because you want to lean into, you know, the, the market you're in. Um, obviously there's, uh, you know, some, some special iconic elements in there. The, the, the flame that, that honors Al Davis, uh, in the, you know, in the, in the end zone back there, which is that signature component you see in game. So, um, it really is, a beautiful experience that uh, continues to rate well as fans um, give us feedback, uh, both Raiders fans and obviously at the place where visiting team fans like to come. Um, and we're excited for Super Bowl fans to live it and see it. What's seating capacity for Super Bowl? Um, we won't we won't uh, announce until game day what that final number is, but um Allegiant is on the on the smaller end of our stadiums um, and have really um, maximized the, you know, the experience in there and the, you know, the, the club seating and the premium pieces. So, um, as you know, Brian, we no longer have a, a threshold number for Super Bowl capacity of that 70,000. It'll be it'll be south of that, um, but it'll be a. Uh, you know, a, a quite a quite an experience in there. That place gets really loud, and uh, just based on what we're seeing, we're going to have a great mix of of Chiefs fans and Niners fans in there for sure. So last year in Arizona, most watched Super Bowl ever, most watched TV program ever, um, one of the hottest tickets to any sporting event ever. I would expect from everything I'm seeing, there's going to be a bigger audience, and the tickets are in demand. Um, I know you always are kind to kind of break down the allotment. Tell me if I'm right with with the ticket allotment. So about 17.5% each to the Chiefs and the Niners, 5% to the Raiders, 25% to the other NFL teams. And then there's tickets for broadcast partners, in this case, CBS, and then the NFL. I love what you guys do throughout the year, handing out tickets. I see Commissioner Goodell giving tickets to great fans. That's always one of the special moments of the year, too. Yeah, your breakdown is is uh is spot on. Um and what you mentioned at the end is really special our Super Bowl ticket giveaway program. Um we this year is the most uh tickets we've ever given away as part of that program. Um and as you described, that's just identifying 
amazing fans. And there are so many of them around the country who are doing obviously love the game, but are doing incredible things in their community. And to be able to host them at Super Bowl is really special um, with the commissioner able to give those away. Team owners, players give those away. So um, that's that's what it's all about. Um, is is creating those once in a lifetime experiences for sure. Um, so I just I can't wait to get in there on Sunday and and start to feel that energy. All right, let's walk through the week. Um, I know Super Bowl experience is always amazing. I've been to it a few times. It's so interactive for the fans. Where are you going to set up Super Bowl experience in Las Vegas? So Super Bowl experience, which is presented by one of our new partners, Toyota. So proud to have them on board. Um, is going to be at the Mandalay Bay Convention Center. So that is a great convention center space uh, for those who are familiar with Las Vegas, not far from where the stadium is, uh, just on the on the strip side of the Hacienda Bridge. And really what we'll do is transform that convention center, which is great, into an NFL theme park um, where you walk in there and you can, anything you could imagine wanting to do around the NFL, I think you can find in there. And whether you're six or uh, 80, you, there's there's things to do. Um, so that, that piece of it, and I, I commend our team for really, kind of raising their game in terms of what that experience will be. The the standard elements of every single Super Bowl ring, the Vince Lombardi trophy, running the 40-yard dash against some of the video wall of some of the fastest players in the NFL, kicking a field goal, throwing a pass, um, but also just um a lot of a lot of new elements in there from our partners and us in terms of what it what it's like. And we recognize that as we talked about, there's limited capacity in the Legion Stadium. There are only so many people who will be in the good fortune of being in there. But this is this event's about accessibility. It's a $25 ticket. Kids 12 and under are free. So really important, really important for us every year. Um, and even more important this year to have fan-friendly, accessible ways for people, whether you live in the Las Vegas region or around the country or the world, to be able to touch and feel Super Bowl, even if you can't step into a Legion Stadium on game day. Yeah, I can't recommend it highly enough. It is just fantastic the way that you guys do it. It's frankly the best interactive exhibit that I've ever seen around a sporting event. So well done. That's great that you have uh, Toyota on board now. All right, opening night on Monday. This is always fun too. And again, another way for fans to get up close to the participants of the game if you don't have a ticket to the game. Yeah, I am really excited about Super Bowl opening night. That one is uh, is fueled by a longtime partner, Gatorade. So they're they're with us again on that event. Um, but that's Monday night. That's the tone setter for the entire week. And as you recall, we went to a Super Bowl opening night format in Super Bowl Fifty um, in the Bay Area. Um, this is the first time since we've been in that format of Super Bowl opening night that we're doing it in the stadium. So Super Bowl opening night will be in Allegiant Stadium. We've typically done it in a local arena or otherwise. This year, for fans who come to opening night, you're basically seeing a, a dress rehearsal, if you will, for the Super Bowl. Allegiant Stadium will be dressed for Super Bowl. You'll see the campus. You'll come in there. You'll see exactly what you'll see on game day, including every single member of the Chiefs and the 49ers, um, their coaching staffs, um, and an experience that is built for um, not only the thousands of media who are there, but also creating a unique ex fan experience. So that opportunity to do it in the stadium um, and experience that is big. And then like Super Bowl experience, this is a $30 ticket that is, you know, you've got players not in the game signing autographs and, you know, experiencing and pictures with the trophy. Um, that's a tone setter. Obviously those who aren't there, that's also broadcast on NFL Network and CBS Sports. So you can see and and be a, a voyeur for opening night via that uh, those platforms. Yeah, I love how you allow the fans to get up close and personal with that. All right. The other highlight of the week uh, that I've had the good pleasure of going to is NFL Honors on Thursday night. Um, I love how you have it on Thursday night. I think it's the perfect night to do it. Uh, the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award is presented that night, MVP. Um, it's an intimate setting, but 
gosh, you walk into that room and it's like NFL heaven. All the greats are there, current and past. It is um, NFL honors presented by our partner Invisalign. So we've got great partners for each of these. Um, Thursday night, uh, to your point, on CBS, uh, nine o'clock. And that that event continues to grow every year. And it is, you know, you see the who's who of the NFL in there, um, both current players and legends, because of how meaningful that night is. Um, you mentioned the Walter Payton NFL Man of the Year. That is the um, most prestigious award representing on and off the field. The 2024 uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame class will be announced that night. Um, to your point, the rookie awards, the MVP awards uh, will all be announced that night. And it's also fun and a chance for us to also um, make a little, you know, poke some fun at ourselves. You know, we've seen over the years, whether that's, you know, the the commissioner singing or other things that are part of that show. <laughs> Um, we've got Keegan Michael Key back as the as the host of that show. He is um, obviously tremendous and a massive fan. Uh, I, I know a disappointed Lions fans fan right now, but uh, an incredible uh, ambassador of the NFL. So honors is going to be great this year. Mark Quinzel and his team who put on that show do a tremendous job. Yeah, I've got to ask you because, um, you know, I haven't had anyone on from the NFL in a while. It's got to be amazing for the NFL. You see, obviously, Taylor Swift, Eminem, Keegan. I mean, all of these mega stars can't get enough of the NFL. They come to the games. They're talking about it on their own platforms. It's got to be great for the NFL. I know that you guys already are, are king of all U.S. sports, but what's your thoughts on them embracing the NFL like they have? Uh, I think it's great. We think it's I think it's fantastic. I think that... Um... You just, um, I think they experience, you know, either um, because it's been part of, of of who they are for a long time and it's just that passion that we all feel as fans. It just happens to be coming out through, uh, you know, a well-known, uh, you know, global uh, global icon in different in different cases. But that's the that's the genuine passion and energy that um is great to see and if that brings in a broader audience of people who may be more casual casually connected to the nfl but are um kind of feeling the excitement and you, you know you feel it around these playoff games that we've had um that's fantastic and these are all great um ambassadors for our game so um it's you know, I think it's not a new phenomenon, but you feel this, you know, you feel it building in a really exciting way. And we're thrilled to, you know, to have all of these folks so passionate about their teams. Is that something at the NFL? I know you guys study a lot of data. Is that something that you can tell like, hey, this season we brought in more casual fans or we brought in more women or kids? Um, is it something that you can keep track of? Sure. I mean, we, we track all of those things. Our marketing team does a tremendous job and our insights team of really looking at um, looking at demographic breakdowns, what that looks like in terms of viewership, what that looks like in terms of social engagement overall. Um, you know, sometimes hard to unpack the, the, the specific drivers of those, but you can really understand the trends. And um, I think our, our team, especially our marketing team and overall has done a a really great job of of connecting with a with a next generation of fans, a younger generation of fans, um, building relationships, and our players do this on a on a constant basis, connecting on social platforms and building um, the fan base of not only today but the future. So, a hundred percent, Brian, we are we are looking at that and tracking at it, and that's how you get smarter um, is just understanding that data on a you know, on a, on a regular basis. Well, a tip of the cap to the NFL social media team and also the broadcast partners for really uh, enhancing those relationships and, and highlighting the stars that are coming to the games. And um, I've enjoyed following that on the NFL social channels this year, whether it's at the team level or the league level. Yeah, absolutely. They've done a great job. All right, the Apple Music halftime show. This is also something that's so huge. What was it? 118 million people tuned in to see Rihanna last year in Arizona. This year, you've got Usher. Tell us a little bit about the preparation for that show because 
I'm always so amazed how you get everything on the field so fast and then get it off the field so fast so you can resume the second half. It is, uh, it's quite a, uh, quite an intricate process. And there's an incredible team of people who does that. Our team coupled with our, our partners at Rock Nation. And it's been a, um, this is going to be a great one in terms of an Apple Music Super Bowl halftime show. Usher is just an iconic artist. He's obviously been in rehearsals now for a while. Um, came out of a, a really successful residency in Las Vegas, um, and is just a you know a, a a really fabulous performer. So that 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 show, um, I would really encourage people to to you know not not walk away uh, during halftime and uh, and fully engage on it because there's always there's always surprises and elements that that uh, that will come to life as part of his show. Um, and yes, that the the orchestration of that is is what we're in the throes of now. That this is the this is the rehearsal window where you're really um, making sure that 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 quick turn. You know, we we end the we end the second quarter, um, and then you know you clear the field, players off the field, and then you go into the um, the the setup, which which you got to rehearse and get right and really nail, and then into the, you know, 12 or 13 minutes of, of performance and then you're off the field and um, it's a um, incredibly well orchestrated dance by that team. Explain to our audience, how do you rehearse for something like that? Not Usher himself, but the process of getting everything on and off the field. Because, you know, again, a typical concert loadout or load in takes hours. This is being done in minutes. Yeah, it is. And, and I tip my hat to the, the team, Jesse Collins producing the halftime show, Bruce Rogers designing the show. And that is so much of that is done in that design phase to make sure you've got the right elements that can move quickly, connect quickly, the right uh, set of people who are, I mean, you're practicing that offsite um, in terms of just the, the movements. So it becomes muscle memory of getting everything out there connected, set to go all of the communication that's needed. And then in the week of the game, which we're in now, um, you uh, you do that for real uh, multiple times on a timed basis uh, to make sure we know we're hitting your the marks and you can get the kinks out. But it is, uh, to your point, um, very different than any other concert that would be going into any other venue. This is This has to be built for speed but also done at the very highest level. And that's a combination that's hard to achieve, but that's why there's world-class people on that team driving that and incredibly proud of them. Yeah, I know we only have a couple minutes left. I always like to ask you on the day of the Super Bowl, walk our audience through your schedule. How early are you getting up? Where are you setting up? What's that day look like for you? Sure. And um, I am not first up on our team. I will shout out to the the group on our team who is on the 2.30 a.m. shift. Wow. Uh, and is on that campus meeting. Um, you know, we'll end up across the week credentialing 20,000 people. So our our accreditation center um, where people are getting their game day credentials is, you know, is at the well before the crack of dawn. Um, you know, I'm probably up at five and then... Um, and then you kind of you do those final checks uh, on everything, head over the stadium not so long after that. And then with our tremendous operations team led by John Barker, we're walking um, kind of all of the final things. We will have seen things in the days leading up, but just making sure doing that final check and then we'll settle into what we call NFL control. And that is our that's our HQ for the day. And you've got every. Uh, discipline within the NFL, as well as all of the the, the public safety and, and local and regional and federal authorities. And that's where um, that's where all communication goes through on the day. Um, so everything, whether it's related to the broadcast or to the teams or otherwise, you've got a center of gravity. So um, just a and then you're you're in there and you're you're working your way all the way up through kickoff and then, and then you roll. But it is. Um, it is an incredible team that, you know, the multiple years that go into planning a Super Bowl uh, lead into that one day um, and a lot of adrenaline um, and I'll steal your line. I will I will definitely 
uh, drink my water and, and listen to my mother and, and try to get some good sleep the night before. Good. See, you didn't even need the reminder this year. You already knew it was coming. <laughs> All right. Last question. The next two Super Bowls, we've got New Orleans next year. And then I saw you just announced uh, San Francisco, Santa Clara, Levi Stadium for Super Bowl 60. Explain to our audience the process of selecting host venues and cities for the Super Bowl. Yeah, absolutely. We are, we're excited. We've got New Orleans, um, we got San Francisco Bay Area, and then we also did announce Los Angeles for Super Bowl 61. So back at I Stadium. So uh, that's a fairly recent one. So New Orleans, Bay Area, and then, uh, then into LA uh, in 2027. So that process, we work with um, the NFL owners and a committee of owners and really um, clubs express interest, clubs and cities express interest in hosting a Super Bowl. Um, and then based on that interest, we work with our, our ownership group um, and that committee to identify um, cities that really would would continue to raise the bar on Super Bowl and be great partners. Um, and you work through that process and then then do a bit work a bidding process with those cities. And then ultimately that's voted on by the NFL membership, the ownership. So um, we're fortunate to have a great set of, of cities and stadiums who are interested in hosting the Super Bowl. And those next three, New Orleans, obviously a, a classic Super Bowl city has just gone through a renovation of the Superdome. Um, a great uh, 10 years later to be back in the San Francisco Bay Area uh, for Super Bowl 60. Uh, and then just a, a fantastic venue in SoFi Stadium in L.A. Uh, they've obviously got a run of big events going on. Uh, in LA, um, and that'll be just over a year out from the the summer games, the Olympic games in LA. And we, uh, for a quick plug there, we're thrilled that flag football will be on that docket for the the summer games in Los Angeles for women and men. And that's a that's a big deal for us. So um, we couldn't be more excited about that uh, being part of that major event as well. I met Sam Rappaport last year. Uh, just love her. Talk flag football. Um, I love what you're doing there. I love what you guys are doing internationally, really growing your footprint around the world with the games that you've taken to other countries. And then I know you're going to Indy for the Combine. And then uh, isn't it Detroit that's going to host the NFL draft, right? Yeah, a little bit of uh, excitement in Detroit. I know they'd love to be in in Las Vegas this week, but that um, that team, that fan base, that city, um, you saw that passion during the NFC championship game, Ford field was full and rocking. So you can expect in our footprint in downtown Detroit for the NFL draft to have, um, a great sea of Honolulu blue as well as 31 other jerseys there. Um, but that Detroit draft is going to be a really special one at the end of April. We're excited for the combine in Indy, a lot of international games, including first ever game in Brazil in Sao Paulo. So uh, we got a lot to look forward to once we come through Super Bowl. Peter, you have one of the biggest jobs in sports. You do it so well. You're one of the best. Uh, good luck with the Super Bowl. Good luck with everything that you have coming up. And thanks for joining me on Sports Business Radio. Thanks, Brian. It's an awesome team. And uh, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right back. 5G is here. Is your stadium ready? From an immersive fan experience to efficient game day operations, 5G is transforming sports and entertainment. If you're ready to jumpstart your 5G transformation, look no further than Boingo Wireless. Boingo is one of the largest operators of indoor wireless networks in the U.S. They provide stadiums and arenas with state-of-the-art 5G networks and support teams across the NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, Major League Soccer, at NCAA. I'm constantly interacting with sports executives, and the reason they love working with Boingo is because Boingo manages 5G and Wi-Fi networks end-to-end, offloading very stretched IT teams. Whether your stadium is looking to support mobile ticketing, cashless payment, or connected operations, Boingo has you covered. But don't just take it from me. Their customers include world-class venues like Soldier Field, State Farm Arena, Petco Park, and University of Louisville. Boingo in 5G. Now that's what I call a win-win. For a limited time, Boingo has a special offer for Sports Business Radio listeners. They're offering a free 5G assessment for your stadium or arena. To get started, simply email sbradio at boingo.com. 
boingo.com and mention this podcast. That's sbradio at boingo.com. Our thanks to Boingo for their continued support of Sports Business Radio. Well, that's it for this edition of Sports Business Radio. Thanks for tuning in. And thanks to the Sports Business Radio team, Brian Griggs, Nicole Wardle, and Josh Blank. A reminder to kindly subscribe to our award-winning podcast. Our feed features 20 years of podcasts with the biggest names in sports and business. Go to Apple or Spotify Podcasts and click on the plus sign in the upper right-hand corner. That way, every episode of Sports Business Radio will be delivered to your listening device each week. We'd love to have you give us a five-star rating and write a review of our podcast as well. It'll take you just two minutes. I'm Brian Berger. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you soon right here on Sports Business Radio. Follow Sports Business Radio on Facebook, X at SB Radio, Instagram, TikTok, Threads, and online at sportsbusinessradio.com. SBR is produced by Brian Griggs at griggsproductions.com.